Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. <laughs> I'm Mummy. My name is Carol, and I'm a writer, a producer, and an angel with a filthy soul. I'm Daddy. My name is Josh, and I'm a music publisher, a podcaster, doy, and I'm big in Sheboygan. We aren't experts, but we are the parents of a six-year-old named Wu and a four-year-old named Boo, and we love horror movies. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at MummyXDeadyPod. And remember to tell a friend about the show or leave us a review wherever you listen. It helps a lot. This is it. Don't get scared now. And I just got to know. Mummy, how you doing? <laughs> well, you know, it is late on a Sunday night, and we just got back from our neighborhood tree lighting, which took a lot longer than we thought it would, mm-hmm. as it always does. A scant three hours. Yeah, we had high hopes for, like, getting the kids to bed early again. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday afternoon is usually pretty off-limits. As far mm-hmm. as plans go, but what are you going to do when it's a tree lighting? You got to do it. Yeah. There's free uh, hot chocolate always with weird strings attached from a realtor or religious group, but you got to go have some. Oh, they didn't harass me. Did they harass you? No, but it's all, I'm always like a little bit nervous to approach the different booths because mm. I'm sort of afraid they'll make me sign up for something or that something that I think is free that actually isn't, <laughs> I'll try to take and they'll be like, oh, that's a donation. Yeah. Well, we made the insanely rookie move of buying our kids like light up toys that were for sale. Yes. Uh, and I don't know why I, I didn't like... I usually am pretty good about shutting that stuff down. An egregious $10. Yet I don't know how cheap they should be. I mean, they should just not exist, I think would be my yeah. preferred thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I caved. Um, and, of course, the kids didn't want to carry them, so we were carrying them. Even and... though your first thing was, fine, you can get them, but you have to carry them. Cut yep. to five minutes later we're both carrying both things <laughs> yeah yeah i i realized yeah you know it was a it was a fumble and a drop a friend even dumped the one they bought on us at the end <laughs> as a gift <laughs> for boo and it was just like yeah. oh great now there are three <laughs> yeah strong move by them whether they knew it or not <laughs> yeah but i mean other than that, like a really, really lovely day and really, um, really pretty chill just doing holiday stuff. It's so nice to be in the holiday season. It is. It is. It's it's whizzing by. I know this is stupid to even say out loud because we all know like time just goes by faster the older you get. And this is a, a, yeah. a famous busy time. It's true. But we also are the parents of a December birthday. Ugh. As you well know. I mean, listeners of the show know. Listeners may know, but if you're new, 
If you're just dropping in with us for episode 52, we welcome you. And Boo is turning five very soon, Mm. and we've been mentally preparing for it for a while, but it does feel like it truly snuck up on, on us in a way. That Because we had already talked about, and we've talked about this before too, we're trying a thing about alternating party years with both kids so that we're not doing like gigantic blowouts and it's a perfect year to do it for Boo because he's in TK. So he's got a group of like classmates who he's probably, none of whom he's like particularly tight with and they all have birthdays right now, like between October and February because they're, or whatever, December and February because they're all TK kids. That's true, yeah. So like... It's, and yeah. I didn't think about that last year. I wasn't like I wasn't like plotting this out of like, well, we better have a birthday party this year because no. next year, no, didn't even think about it. But it, it's working out. It's working out well. But it does feel like oh, this, I, it's making me feel very two things. It's making me feel very much like I. Uh, it's making me feel a little bit bad parenty for not having like everything truly like mapped out super far in advance, but it does feel, but I'm, and so I'm, I'm having feelings about like how to plan it in the future, how to approach it for myself. Mm. Um, but it's also giving me a lot of feelings about being a December parent because Mm. I remember my friend Jess, who's a Christmas Eve baby, her parents, anytime anybody would show up with a gift for her wrapped in Christmas wrapping paper for her birthday, Mm. they'd make them take it back and rewrap it, which I love. I love the kind of mm-hmm. fierce mama bear energy of that. Um, but like we were at some parties this weekend for some fellow December babies. And I saw a parent wearing a Christmas, like an ugly Christmas sweater at the party. And they were the only ones doing it. And I really did feel defensive for the birthday right. boy at this party Yeah, that I wanted to be like, you should, you should change that sweater. <laughs> Get out of here. I, of course, said nothing, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got to look out for our own. I had yeah. never thought about it before having a December yeah. baby. Yeah. I mean, I think parties, we haven't really had a party for Wu since he was three. Yeah, that's true. Pandemic. And yeah. And then we had like a little one when we was five, but I just kind of feel like parties, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we would keep doing them. Who knows? It's tough. It's going to be different. It's not going to be like the whole class thing. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we did have a bunch of uh, birthday parties this weekend. Get into that later. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it plays into to all of this. Um, hmm. Yeah. I feel like we should kind of get into it because this okay. movie... This movie was a very scary one and very spooky indeed. Oh, yeah? Um, Also, this is our fourth Christmas um, episode. Wow. I know, yeah. Look at us. I know. That's pretty wild. Yeah, that really is. Yeah, so so we, of course, had to do the classic. We've talked a bit about moving away from horror strictly and expanding it to other sort of related genres like sci-fi and some uh, maybe even some like action or adventure movies or that kind of thing. Just things that we feel like would be fun to cover because of the parenting things they might bring up. Yeah. But um, this one still felt very much in bounds and not necessarily even with that in mind. Yes. I felt. Yes. 
Okay, so for those of you who may have not seen the 1990 classic film Home Alone. The most popular Christmas film in Poland. Oh. Bar none. <laughs> it's like a it's like it's a wonderful life over there. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, my people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I'll just read a quick recap. Uh should n- note that this is um, written by friend of the pod, Nick Reginus. Wow, a Christmas gift. <laughs> I actually haven't read co- through this yet. I saw boxes his... and bags, you know? <laughs> I saw his name and I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this gift to myself. All right. At fever pitch for the long-awaited Christmas vacation in picturesque Paris. <laughs> <laughs> City okay. of brotherly love. <laughs> the McAllister family inadvertently leave behind their eight-year-old son, Kevin, while rushing off to catch their plane. With his parents already in France, much to his delight, young Kevin can finally indulge himself in all the guilty pleasures he was denied, unbeknownst to him that a criminal duo of not-so-capable burglars is preying on the neighborhood's vacant houses. That was one sentence. Okay. And there's more. Of course, the McAllister's residence is no exception. And before long, the dauntless robbers will visit Kevin. Keen on cleaning out his seemingly uninhabited home, is Kevin, the man of the house, prepared to defend his castle? (laughs) (laughs) Always a question. Um, Okay, so Josh, did this movie scare you? Gosh, I've seen it so many times that I would almost say no, but it was, and it's not even my first time rewatching this as a parent. We watch it every single year. Um, we do. But it is the first time watching it with kids of a certain age, with yes. kids that could have been Kevin's. Yes. And so it it did. It really did make me think about their ability, not just Kevin's precociousness, which I think is the takeaway. It's supposed to be the takeaway. Mm. I kept thinking about whether or not either of our children would be able to do any of this. Mm. Find food, <laughs> prepare a basic anything. Yeah. He's doing laundry, conquering his fears, setting traps, tying knots. Yeah, like maybe he's about to turn nine. Yeah. Maybe that's he's true. A, an he old is, eight. I think he is nine in real life when he was shooting this movie. Oh, he's much older now, Josh. He's much older now. They that's I keep getting older. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what that means. But it, it did make me, I wasn't even thinking about this question, but I did start jotting down all the horror elements. Yes. And that is what we tried to do. We tried to watch it in that gaze of like it being a horror film. But did it scare you? Um. So, no, for the same reasons you said, but also, I. <laughs> I cried several times. Almost throughout the <laughs> I need to stress this. I, I did take one photo of Carol weeping, watching Home Alone. But, okay, we'll get into why in just a second. But I did cry many times. So I've never cried at Start Home to Alone. finish. <laughs> I, I took some breaks, but I will say that I've never cried at this movie and I kind of I remember the last time I watched it being like eh just like 
I'm like, maybe, you know, I can knock this down off the holiday list. Like, like I, I love it. But yeah. like, I know people who are obsessed with it. So, but now this watching of it, I was like, oh, this is a perfect film. Like just, yeah, I perfect. was thinking, I was watching it with a different perspective of not just from the mom's perspective, but yeah, like the kid having a kid that age, also the youngest child thing um, and struggles that we're going through with Boo. And I also just like story-wise, I don't know, like I've never watched this movie with like pen and paper, like taking notes about things. And so that automatically just makes you more, just more observant and like, all the little things that they set up and knock down and all the little baddies and the big baddies. Like it's just, it's really nonstop. And I think, yeah, your focus when you're a kid is like, you just want to get to the part where he's torturing them. Um, the wet bandits and you're, but really that the screen time of that is so short. It's true. It's it like is, the last 15 minutes of the movie. It's, or something. Yeah. It's like really act three and yeah, there's just a lot, more build up um and there's just so many different uh i just feel like there's a lot of different ways you can watch this movie including i'm sure when i get older and i'm like <laughs> hopefully not estranged from my children but even the the neighbor next door like he is so that, that whole storyline is so sad and like it's always been beautiful but like i i don't know i just kind of felt the how connected they all are. Cause I think before maybe I was just like, Oh, this is like, this is the boring part. Oh, I'll go, right. you know? Um, so no, it didn't scare me, but it was fun to watch it as though it were a horror movie. Um, and I think first I'd love to talk about the, just to paint the picture of why <laughs> I was crying, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Originally, we were going to do a different movie for this episode um, called The Ginger Dead Man. That was made in 2005 somehow because it looks like it was made in the early 70s. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> it was really, truly unwatchable. And you know we have a pretty low bar for these things. Um, but it just wasn't working. And I was like, you know what? Let's do let's do Home Alone. And so we kind of pivoted and it and it meant we watched Home Alone last night. And um Can I say one thing about Ginger Dead Man? Sure. I talked to our friends over at the Kill Streak Pod this week and I mentioned that we had watched we had tried to watch Ginger Dead Man. And they said, Why did you do that? And they also <gasps> even said them. Even it's them. the only series they've ever bailed on. Wow. Like they've they, their thing is doing a you know, a, a, a series, a horror series and watching all of it. So like they like they're doing like Stephen King horror stuff now. So like all the Stephen King adaptations or like wow. all of the Leprechaun movies, wow. whatever. So like some real, some real drudgery in there from a watching standpoint. So they didn't even make it to Passion of the Crust. They did not. Uh, That's Passion three. Of the Crust, no, they said that. Uh, I think the third one is the there is a time traveling one called. Uh, I've now I forget it's a it's but it's Saturday it's like a Saturday Night Fever parody oh is the title but because he, he goes back in time mm. that is very ambitious very ambitious yeah Ginger Dead Man 2 I'm so sorry is Passion of the Crust and Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong 
Oh my gosh, that's the fourth that's one. That's the fourth one. There's <gasps> a third. There's a third called Ginger Man, or sorry, Ginger Dead Man 3, Saturday Night Cleaver. That's a go. stretch. That's a real that's stretch. That's a big stretch. Okay. Wow, there's so many dating with the Ginger Dead Man. It might be a short. They wow. also tried to watch it at Christmas thinking, mistakenly, it was a Christmas movie. None of them are Christmas movies. No, no. So we had to bail on that. We watched Home Alone last night. But we had just gotten home from tag teaming birthday parties. So we have close buddies, also December babies. And so Boo and I went to one party. Woo and Josh went to another. And, you know, I understand my my fault in this, my my role in giving young Boo a donut at like, 12 p.m. and only a tiny bit of lunch before we went to like a gymnastics birthday party where he was just like literally running nonstop where the food was pizza that he doesn't eat so he had like oreos and chips and fruit and he just fully fully lost his mind like um we got out of there okay Mm. but like starting in the parking lot he was saying like pretty terrible stuff to me right like that's his that's his thing right now it's just like even this week he's brought in the word ugly like he'll say that woo is ugly oh gosh i know i'm just like where do you get this like he he often will go toward to like i hate you or i yeah you're like, not my brother you're anymore not my he brother. goes from zero to those kinds of things yeah like you're not my mom and uh, or like you don't know anything. I Just, hate you, stupid guy. <laughs> yeah, we could really go on. I have no love in my heart for you. Has been said to me. I have no love in my heart for you. Okay. He'll he yell. also he also says wonderful things, but to to keep it in the emotional headspace of where I was at. So driving home, and from this party, Wu's losing his mind about the gift bag, like the party favor bag. Boo is losing his mind. I'm sorry, Boo. And um, he tells me he's going to jump out of the car. Oh, boy. And, like, he's not very good at unbuckling himself. So, like, I wasn't I wasn't truly afraid. But it still rattled me to the point where I, like, got off the freeway. Mm-hmm. And I had to tell him, like, look, if you, if you jumped out of the car right now, you would die immediately. Like you would be dead and I'd never see you again. Like it just, I feel like I do kind of bring in the big guns with that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like I do kind of scare them, <laughs> but I feel like, I don't know. It was so, it was just so draining Yeah. and then get home and I'm just trying to, you know, get some food into him, some like some <laughs> scrambled eggs really. And he's just like kind of going back and forth between, you know, being like that and then being sweet, his sweet self. And by the time you got home, I was just like, I am so done. And basically just like put him to bed. And he was happy to go to bed. Yeah. Like uh, very early. So I'm just, I was just feeling very like worn out. And, you know, cause like at parties, you're also having to like make small talk with people you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like at least you were, you were at a party with people we knew. No, not, I mean, uh, barely. You, I knew yeah. two people there. Yeah. Okay. When you knew some people, but mm-hmm. like. At a, two out of literally a hundred people yeah (laughs) oh my god yeah we went to some pretty like out of control parties too they were great but it was just a lot and um 
then you know we get the kids to bed and we turn on home alone and like the first 15 minutes are just kevin being a little shit and everyone being mean to him and yeah he like back talks his dad at first mm-hmm. and i just totally crumpled because i was like oh he's just he's just feeling so much you know like you're just feeling so helpless and so they call kevin McAllister helpless so much but it's just yeah. like you're just the youngest and it's so hard and i just had so i don't know it just it was really great to see that right then because it really kind of like snapped me back out of like is something wrong with my child like is do does he need to go to therapy and i know that's not true but it's like i really was just like how do i take him to a birthday party how do i like put him in the car again you know Uh yeah 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 so i did cry a couple times just about that (laughs) (laughs) just about like him being so just lashing out and like suffering the consequences basically yeah it's tough to watch that truly like the cries for attention i mean because that's him in a nutshell he is he like yeah he desperately just wants like dedicated yes attention and it's so hard to find space for it it's really wild yeah and and also just like the wit like is the same as as kevin because he can be very witty Mm -hmm. and very like performing like he does this little like when he's talking to new people he'll like do this little dance and he'd like kind of like you can tell he just like wants to charm people it's all very attention seeking and it is very difficult in our busy lives um but yeah and then i also cried yeah just from like the mom's perspective of leaving your kid and I feel like, yeah, Catherine O'Hare is just very special in this movie. She's just very, she's, she's a good mom. Yeah, it's, I feel like my memory of it is that she's kind of a cold bee, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't see her that way at all (laughs) watching this now. No, no, because she's just a mom trying to like live her life, her very wealthy, privileged life, but yes just trying to manage she has like a thousand children so yes just like the fact that like i mean i think probably like one of the only major flaws of this is like well if money is no object to this family which it seems clear that it it's not it she should have been able to figure out she asked about a private plane at the airport like yeah but it's all it's because of the holidays so right but i think still like there's yeah. still there's well she does it so <laughs> she does she does and she takes like a, a lot of plans to come back that's true um paid for each of them yeah with all her money i do want to yeah. talk about their house for just a second while we're okay. on this Great. To- on this topic of like wealth and what that looked like in basically this is an 80s movie that's right like this is written by john hughes this is directed by chris columbus like john candy was alive when it was made like he he's he's in it 
That's what I mean. Oh. He was alive and able to be in the movie. Yes. So that's something. Like, right, like 80s. Feels, feels even more... Eight. His right. appearance in the movie makes it more of an 80s movie. Right. In a sense. Yeah. And so like what like the wealth looked like back then. Um, you know, it's a giant house, but like I just was thinking so much about about like the style and I kind of want... I mean, this probably exists, but I would love to have like some sort of um, graphic depiction of the wallpaper in their house Mm. because it's so heinous and each room is different and heinous in its own way. Yeah. The only room that I found to be in any way appealing was buzz's bedroom (laughs) um which is like cool by modern standards i feel like um and then the other thing that i was thinking about with this is you know in their in the parents bedroom it's this bright red bedspread yes and like roses climbing the wall yeah there's roses climbing the wall but there's also like a giant basically like um garland above their bed so i think that they have their christmas sheets and bedspread on oh that's yeah yeah that that tracks tracks. yeah and so like being that kind of family like that changes the sheets and the bedspread through christmas is just so ridiculous yeah and like they it's still just looks like a normal house you know with all these things that you're like oh these are like signifiers of like there's a really wealthy family that's going to paris and yes you know like the parents fly first class and every all the kids are in coach and she has like these great coats and earrings and she like uh, you know she pawns off her jewelry to get home right it's like and it still just looks like that well like yeah, and also, does she pawn her jewelry or does she sell her soul to the devil? Oh. Bookmark on that. Okay, um, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps. Okay, so l- let's get into the whole... Now, now that every, the horror elements the of The horror movie? elements, yeah. Now that everyone knows why I was weeping. Um, <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at the fact that it took 20 minutes to get there. Well. It was a worthy detour. We also I'm happy we took it. had Wu come in, so um Okay, so yeah, let's talk about the horror elements of this movie. Um so I'm just gonna go like chronologically the the things that stuck out to me as things that were incredibly unsettling in this movie for mm. me. Okay. And this first one is a first, um, as far as this watching of it um i found it to be very disturbing the way that the wet bandits vandalize people's homes <laughs> the the crowbar so... the crowbar just like going across the sh- the shelves and into oh, yeah. a bag i felt that never never felt that before oh really and also of course the water damage like yeah. of just like that is so deranged and unnecessary and so fucked up. Yeah, like you've you've ruined these homes. Yeah, you've ruined them. Yeah, give like, Daniel Stern like a political agenda at this point. You know, like because <laughs> it is 
it feels that's why we can never re- this can never be remade no. it can never be done again i read a fun trivia thing that said that neither joe pesci nor daniel stern thought this movie would be successful so that's why they really like hammed it up and like turned oh, in these amazing. like kind of corny performances yeah. which is like the best it's like what makes it you know so like they're super slapsticky yeah i was saying during the movie like joe pesci doing these pratfalls where his legs go up in the air it's like insane to think about him doing that yeah. like <laughs> yeah and like daniel stern you take this out like he's a i mean he's had like obviously some very like silly and terrible movies but i think also like a pretty serious guy and seems to be kind of like one of those like actors actors in mm. a way you know like he, he seems like he's friends with a lot of like famous people he's this, the guy yeah. who's the voice of the wonder years right yeah yeah so that that's elevating that's a big one yeah I don't was know. he in Diner? He's in one of the, you know, like he mm-hmm. has like a sure. Um, he's got he has some like credits as well, like yeah. so it is extra weird. And I mean, obviously his his tarantula on the face scream is it's oh, legendary. It's so good. Yeah, it's this is just yeah, it's a magical movie that like could really truly never be done again. Like yeah. there's no way that it would be written the way that it was no and the tarantula was a real tarantula on his face with the I remember hearing venom that. sacks or whatever intact because if you remove them it would kill the tarantula and he was afraid to scream but the animal wranglers <gasps> assured him that they have no ears so it wouldn't bother the tarantula okay i want to say something about that and that is uh having just learned this that's in that's um absolutely uh 100% nothing I would ever do which is trusting the animal wranglers on something yes, like that this and is I, what know, I, was you'd say. I know that they're <laughs> professionals they are union people they are but nonetheless <laughs> they're good union people no I just mean like there are there's a, a standard there. yes that's right I'm not saying I mean good for them too they've unionized but I'm solidarity they're teamsters like they're in the 399 like they're animal, right. animal wrangles are teamsters um so you know I, good good for them but at the same time you know I once had a an animal wrangler on set that was like had a baby squirrel on his shoulder and was saying how like you don't find baby squirrels in the wild if you do it's because they fell out of their nest and he's like taking and so he's like i take care of them you know which is lovely but also dude you're 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 talking to baby squirrels here you know like i don't know i'm just it doesn't inspire it doesn't inspire the kind of confidence that i would need Right. I don't think anyone on set, no one on set, I would trust. And, and also, as a though, doctor, I'd have to have a spider doctor on a set. A scientist, right? Would, you you, you yes. need like need a, a biologist, a zoologist I would on need, set. I would need a zoologist. Because I think the idea that, like, okay, great, the idea that just because a tarantula can't hear means that it cannot or would not bite you because of like vibrations, movement, your hot breath, whatever, like (laughs) sensing your fleshy face under its fangs. Like why would you trust that? Like that fact alone. I mean, I'm sure there was more than that conversation that went into it. I would hope also maybe not, but this is again, a point where like they don't make them like they used to piece of this. It would a hundred percent be a digital spider. 
which sucks. Yeah. This is a great fact. It's a wonderful. It is. It's like a wonderful piece of it. And God bless you, Daniel. Stern. Yeah. God it makes you, you want more tarantulas in movies. Ba- like sweet baby Jesus blesses him. <laughs> um, so I what just want to I want to keep going and feel free to to add your own if it's chronological. Because um, there were lots of stuff before the actual um, doing gets done. Absolutely. The okay, this is something that I've always tracked as something completely bonkers to me. Mm-hmm. And that is when he runs into the wet bandits, like they're in their van and he starts running. Yes. And they're like, why is he running? And he runs to church. Do you know what I'm gonna say? No. He they drive past and he has hidden himself in the nativity scene mm. with an actual blanket and uh a shepherd's staff. Right, right, right. And I have always been like, that is bullshit. That mm-hmm. is complete. And that's psychopathic behavior on Kevin. So there's like the side of it that you you could watch oh, it like. Oh, okay. Yes. I you, like where you're going. Here. Like you could watch it like a a horror movie in many different ways, right? It's mm-hmm. a horror movie for the mom. It's a horror movie if Kevin is this little psychopath who, granted, the phone lines are out at the beginning. He could have called, he could, he could not have called the police until later, but he goes into town and he could have told anyone at the store, anyone around that he was in trouble. You yeah. know what I mean? So he, d- I wonder how long he thinks he's made his family disappear. Cause that piece of this movie was also hitting differently this time mm-hmm. where I was thinking about just like, again, we're like the the perfect construction of this movie that we know that didn't go to the airport because the cars are still in the driveway. Mm -hmm. And then even later the dad says on the plane when they're going through the checklist thing, Oh, I left the garage open. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. He says that, but like, yeah. Why would Kevin know that they're taking pass vans to the, you know, yeah, a limo yeah, yeah. service. And I caught the, the I caught them throwing his ticket in the trash when the, the milk spills. I yeah. I had not noticed that before. And passport, right? Like because the passports right. are soaked, they're doing all that stuff. So it's a I mean it's super clever, but I think that his like his sense his suspension of disbelief, his belief in the magic of it because of his age really clicked in a different time way for some reason watching it this time so you were around. saying he wouldn't have told anybody because he thinks he's responsible for making his family disappear right he's not he doesn't think they're in paris he thinks that they are gone that they've disappeared right, but he still could have told any adult that he was like living alone right 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 an right, orphan right. He's yes been- then i i mean this i blame the 80s assorted panics for this is like you don't want to you you can't possibly tell people that you're an orphan without risking you know someone putting a net uh, over you and getting thrown in a like medieval orphanage. Yeah, I, and I'm not saying I need all these these questions answered. All I'm saying is if you look at it from the lens of Kevin wanting to turn his house into this, you know, um, mouse trap. Mm-hmm. If you look at it from that like sadistic kid level, mm-hmm. you could also look at it that way you know yes and absolutely. then and then of course the horror movie of uh home invasion so mm-hmm. um but that i feel like that shepherd moment is a really great one for oh you're just like a 
Like you're, you're you've been thinking about this. Right. You think it's almost like a survivalist fantasy thing. Like, yeah. or like somebody like they're just they're waiting for like the, the guy in yeah. Tremors who owns all the guns, who mm-hmm. who is like excited that this he finally gets it and it has an excuse to use them. Yeah. 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 OK, so then um, you you mentioned uh, that you think that Catherine O'Hara may have sold her soul to the devil. That line always hit me hard and I always forget about it. Always surprises me. And it always like freaks me out a little bit because she's just like, I would do anything. It starts out. this like really it's pleading, but it is rational. Mm-hmm. It is just like, I will do whatever, like talk to some other people here mm-hmm. and whatever. And then she says, no, 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 no way. This is Christmas. The season of perpetual hope. Mammoth. And I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. If it costs me everything I own. If I have to sell my soul to the devil himself, I am going to get home to my son. Uh, ma'am, if there was anything at all I could do for do you it. today. Do anything. Do it. Do anything. Like, the whole thing is very uh, insistent. It's a big turn from the season of perpetual hope. To saying, oh, I would literally give up any mm-hmm. anything to get back. I guess there's also the horror movie that the Kenosha Kickers polka band kill her. Or what's that? The 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 polka band. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. That you're saying she's like, I'll do anything, and then she gets in a van with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Group <laughs> of... in the back of a U-Haul. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The U-Haul. <laughs> Um, a budget. So there is a there's a horror movie right there that begins. Um, yeah, yeah. But it does feel like oh, maybe she did because all of a sudden it clicks into place. Then mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah, this is one of those movies. Now I've seen it enough times where you do start to develop to develop the like BuzzFeed style conspiracy, or I should say like YouTube video conspiracy yes. theories about stuff. Like I was also thinking a lot about. Well, we talked about when he climbs the shelves, how he would have been dead. Yeah. They fall. In Buzz's room. Mm -hmm. Shelves collapse. Um, I mean, Ikea just recalled every dresser they made over a 20-year period (laughs) because things could tip over on kids. Like, there's a very good chance he could have died when that happened. And it did get me thinking also about two things. One, is is this also a turning point in the movie? Because he doesn't do any of his superhuman stuff until later. Is this like zombie Kevin? Is there some, is this some, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, is he, is he an angel with a filthy soul at this point? Right. Um, and he's died and now he's going to take his vengeance out on the wet bandits. But it also made me think a lot about buzz as sort of like this angel on Kevin's shoulder. Yeah. If not for buzzes, crazy stash of like weird middle schooler stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He would have been screwed. Yeah. The only cash in the house is got weapons and uh, sound effects. BB, a BB gun, the 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 like snappers or whatever they're like. Firecrackers. Yeah. Snappers, you know. Um <laughs> yeah, those little ones, I, little bag ones you just I, toss at people's heels. <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah, shout out older siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Fun fact. Can I give you another fun fact? I will. I read a whole. I've yeah. read a bunch of trivia about this. It's really fun. Um, so the picture that we all laughed a lot about it when we were eight about oh, Buzz's wolf. girlfriend. 
Yeah. He goes, woof. Um, it's a it's a picture of a of a boy dressed up as Buzz's girlfriend because John Hughes didn't want there to be an actual person good who was the subject of that photo. That's I mean, kind. he still put it in there, but it I mean, it is an interesting yeah fact and a good consideration shows a uh, uh, shows clemency and mercy on the part of uh, John Hughes. If you're out the there listening, Christmas. if you're out there listening and you were the little boy in that picture, please, please send us a note at mummyxdeady at gmail.com, please. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. John Williams also doing a lot of heavy lifting for the music in that scene when yeah. Catherine O'Hara says she's going to sell her soul to the devil. And mm. he adds a little twinkly uplift there. That is, yeah. <laughs> But that's a good thing, you know? <laughs> Any of us would do it. Oh, he's clearly yeah, sold his soul. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, the whole idea of, of, of Kevin being like undead or living out some sort of thing, some mm-hmm. sort of uh, revenge revenge ghost thing. Um, also thought about if this is in the Leftovers canon, if Kevin McAllister is in. Oh, if he was, uh, <laughs> it, what do they was, call it, being taken or something? He, maybe he was, yeah, maybe he was on the other side. Uh huh. You know. Yes. And they it's, just never come back, or or her coming back is like when Nora comes back. Totally. Um, I can leave it there for people who haven't finished the series. Go finish that series. Do it. Um, Do it. Yeah. I mean, and like something. they're also, I got Old Man Marley. You know the whatever they call him, the South Bend slasher, snow shovel slayer, or whatever, the neighbor. Um, I mean, just the fact that that's in there at all, because that is creepy, completely kind of an unnecessary thing like it, it's a it's a better movie for it for yeah. i want to be clear but it, like an intentional choice to have these spooky and kind of haunting things in there and his like bloody hand and all that stuff but just like um and like the, the storm that knocks the power out even like some of the design choices like the wreath that's on their door and obviously like the furnace and mm. the whole basement's full of mannequins, and they still—I love that they still have the Halloween stuff out. That was something that I noticed for the first time ever, just watching this. Because mm-hmm. if you walked into our storage unit right now, you, you would just see some piles of Halloween shit in some places. You right. know, um, there was another great realistic line that I loved, and I've never caught up before. Is in the kitchen when they're all eating pizza, about to eat pizza. Mm-hmm. Catherine Harrow goes. Is it, wait, can I guess? Yeah. Look what you did, you little jerk. No, that's iconic. <laughs> what I what I um, noticed was her saying, "I hope you're all drinking milk. I'm getting rid of it." Oh, amazing! I did not catch that at all. And they're all drinking milk. Yeah. And it's it's not only such a great line that's so true to life, but then it sets up the spilling the milk. So, I mean, yeah. like why why there are all these like cups of milk out yeah. when they're eating pizza. Which and I, and it's it just is disgusting. Like a full gallon of milk yes. is like absolutely what you would have the day before you go off for two weeks. Right. Got to get rid of it. It's great. It's great. Yeah. And then he later has to go out and get the milk. Uh, something that would track with this being some sort of undead fantasy Um in some sort of weird dimension to Mm -hmm. me is when they cut to the family in Paris and the, the uncle comes out with this bowl of shrimp cocktail and the kids all 
dude. Eat it. I I was like, now all we're, I li- could think about. <laughs> we're living in a fantasy world. I'm sorry. Look. I'm not even that crazy about shrimp cocktail and I'm oh, 40. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> I love a shrimp cocktail. Um, but not when I was a child. And, no. I, and I just feel like it, it really just goes against everything in childhood. Slimy, fishy. You're just not. Who? The dip is horseradish and <laughs> ketchup. Yeah. Like, no. And, you know, Boo likes sardines. Yeah. Wu likes capers. There's some weird tastes in there, but uh-huh. I'm sorry shrimp cocktail like no please please write us if your kid likes it at a young age please yeah if anybody's kid is is eating shrimp on the regular we try we offer it because we will often add it as a protein when we're doing pastas and stuff not even close not even boo who loves sushi and that kind of thing you know won't eat won't even eat his sushi again been offered rejected all right with a slow blink of kevin McAllister, let's talk about the actual horror elements at the in the third act of this. Yes. So we, you know, we see it so many times that you know exactly, I know very intimately, like, what I hate about each horrible thing that happens to the wet bandits. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I know that, like, it lingers just a little bit too long on Joe Pesci's hat being burnt. And, and, and I'm just like, oh God, oh God, oh, oh God. Scary. And you're just like, it's, it's burning, it's burning, it's burning. And then he goes and puts his head in the snow. Like, it's just like, even the sound effects of the wet stairs, you know, the, mm. the tar. And then he, t- his shoes are off and he runs through the snow. He steps on the Christmas ornaments. Like, it's all just so embedded in my mind. Like, I know the crunch of the ornaments, you oh, know? Yes. So... But the the way that we watched it this time was like as aging adults, as elder millennials, uh, like really you would be completely either unconscious or dead yes. by the second or third thing. So the second thing that happens to them is the icy stairs. Dude. But then the third thing, the third thing for daniel stern is the iron to the face that falls from some tunnel in the house probably from the second floor from the second floor. <laughs> down you the lights down the laundry chute he makes right. a fake light bulb switch. right so brilliant so brilliant um and then the third thing for joe pesci is the the hot the hot doorknob oh my god the 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 family madrigal doorknob. <laughs> Check our Instagram stories. Did you? Which one do you think about more um, viscerally when he his palm touches the doorknob, or after he's done it and he's testing the other doorknob? He goes, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <Yeah>. which one? <laughs> I think I actually think about when he pulls his hand away and it's like he's. Like crunching up his fingers in this weird Ooh, way yeah, that yeah, yeah, makes them yeah. look really like long for like such a small man, right? Like, right, because it is probably some weird uh, special effects hand that's you know, yeah, yeah. So it's a weird proportion, and they're extra sausagey because it's all like burnt. Yeah, I remember though each time watching this being pretty scared of when. 
they hang Kevin on the hook in the kitchen when they when they outsmart him. Mm-hmm. And this time I wasn't obviously it's like not the same kind of fear when you've seen something so many times, but I think because I had been like so much more paying attention to all the other storylines. Right. Of which there are so many. It's true. Um that it just and it's yeah, it's it's like we said, it's a lot faster than you remember because you're just like kind of waiting for that the whole time. Right. Usually. It yeah. And it is when the rubber meets the road, as they say, where all of a sudden they they are about to get their revenge. And you're like, oh right. Well, I mean, again, this is I said, oh right, but this is back to our some of our eighties crime fantasies here where these robbers are also cat burglars. These cat burglars are also going to murder a child. <laughs> like, I mean, granted, he's done a lot of stuff to them, but as though the tooth, it, it does feel kind of like, oh yeah, they're capable of this. Mm-hmm. Like, they're criminals pushed to the brink. Why wouldn't they kill this kid? I forget completely the plot of Home Alone 2, but impersonating a police officer. Like, that's going to land you, like, a lot of time in prison. That's a good point. And he really did. I mean, he played into it. He was casing this neighborhood for weeks. It's pretty wild. So, we'll see. Maybe next Christmas we'll uh, dive into Home Alone 2. Oh, I will say, uh, we'll we'll share a video that I found. There's a there's an, an article from Thrillist and a video from you know distractify or one of these plays that they're doctors who were interviewed about the injuries oh yeah in home alone and two doctors as medical professionals got some nurses and that kind of thing in there as well but basically all of them saying the number of these that would that could really like kill you and the most the biggest one i wanted to share for me was the the icy stairs this one doctor that's the one for you that you well just their response where i'm just like oh the, right these this er surgeon was just like you're not getting up from a fall like that like he just said you know where you're yeah. and this other woman is saying like you know this trauma to your spine you're gonna be like pooping and peeing in bags probably <gasps> you could have kidney damage and all this stuff you know like it's, it could be it, uh, it could be a truly you could be in a wheelchair, but you know it, it's. Oof. Uh, I mean, just like a, a devastating injury, and he Oof. does it like three times. <laughs> and then they fall from the rope like a full like two stories. Yeah, well, yeah. they hit they hit the wall, I guess, but still. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking a lot about his steady hand setting up these traps, also because I think as a kid, this is the kind of stuff I liked to do. Kind of like Boy Scouts adjacent mm. business, but that was more about like traps or survival than it was about like whatever they actually wanted you to be doing with this information, <laughs> you know? And but like you couldn't do it. I, I just, there was something about the him remembering to, um, like measure the length of the rope from the house to the tree house but he, he does some little test to the line to to test it for weight to make sure it'll be 
high enough that it won't bend down too low. There's this whole, there's just like a couple of quick moments while he's setting up that particular trap that I'm just like, as an adult, I wouldn't have thought to do that. I would have been like, I don't know, 20 feet of rope, just tie it on both ends and whatever. He's just, he's like, he's really like doing it. He takes his time. He goes to see Santa and Mm -hmm. tell him about his family being gone. He goes to church, has that whole talk with the snow shovel guy. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then goes home, decides to make himself dinner and then no, he's already done the traps, but he makes himself himself dinner. So I'm just thinking, like, I was kind of clocking the time of, like, mm-hmm. all right, the sun goes down at, like, 4.30. Let's yeah. just be generous. And he knows that they're coming at 9. So, yeah, he he's done all of these very intricate, like, uh, Rube Goldberg almost, like, <laughs> um, things of, of timing out exactly what's going to happen in the span of maybe four hours it's incredible because when he leaves the church it's already dark he is quite a kid (laughs) there's no doubt about it quite a kid i mean yeah we'll save that for rating the kids but um should we move on to worst parenting best parenting yeah okay so what did you think was the best parenting move in this movie gosh The best parenting moment in this movie, um, the best parenting moment in this movie probably was uh, coming back. Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> as fast as possible. No, I think, um, I think I'll just I'll go. I'm gonna say that uh, ha- letting the kids be in in coach by themselves and being in first class that might have been the best parenting moment in this oh movie. my god and being fine yeah. with it that's great that it was that it's like that the reassurance that like they're have they're having a blast they don't know the difference let's enjoy ourselves that was the best parenting moment totally and is a brilliant move a in, dream. The, in the story too of like not noticing yeah that kevin's not there yeah and no it's again it's truly yeah. flawless I what about you? think it's more of a general thing uh, for Catherine O'Hara's character, who I really should be calling by her name, but let's just, let's just, let's just call her Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Um, she, I just noticed several times how she doesn't like blame anybody for this like when thing when it Mm -hmm. happens she's not like berating herself and she's not to to an extreme measure to to the point that we all would realistically right like um and she's not blaming any of the kids like cousin heather doing the head count she's not like you told me that he was in you know like or or the husband she's not like how could you how could you do this or how could we sleep in we you know I feel like that would mm-hmm. probably be written into a movie now. Um, and granted, she does lay on. There's that moment when, you know, Kevin's like, I wish I never saw you again. I wish I never see my whole family again. And she's like, that? go ahead. I'm sorry. It's too late. Get upstairs. Everyone in this family hates me. 
then maybe you should ask Santa for a new family. I don't want a new family. I don't want any family. Families suck. Just stay up there. I don't want to see you again for the rest of the night. I don't want to see you again for the rest of my whole life. And I don't want to see anybody else either. I hope you don't mean that. You'd feel pretty sad if you woke up tomorrow morning and you didn't have a family. No, I wouldn't. Then say it again. Maybe it'll happen. I hope I never see any jerks again. It is just relatable content. Mm-hmm. It's like nothing that she says is out of line, I feel like, for how he's being. Um, it's really harsh, and I would hope that I wouldn't say something like that or leave it there. I feel like I would probably try to repair right away. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've been there. I get it. When you're just like... I wouldn't taunt him to say it again. Maybe it'll no, happen. No, 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 no. <laughs> but she, you know, of like... When he's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, it's too late, you know? And I I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. And I I can't imagine, you know, yeah, I can't imagine like laying it on so thick. But like uh, when they say these hurtful things, like you're just like, sometimes it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Especially if you put yourself in her shoes of like trying to plan this whole family trip and yeah like i also really like his little voice in that scene because he's just like his voice is kind of wavering you know but he's powering through reminds me the most of boo Mm -hmm. it's very real Mm -hmm. i also love the the it's too late line i feel like i really read their tone it's like oh we've done this dance a thousand times Mm mm-hmm and he's because he's doing his little fake like pouty lipped. I'm sorry. Like, I, mm-hmm. I know you need to hear this. And she's like, it's too late. Let's not. It's like there's you don't have to apologize. You just have to do the thing. Yeah. Is like. I think is like the kind of modern answer in a way. But it, like she's just like, well, I think it's the, the it's a glib. It's like a too glib version of it. it's when you're frustrated. But it is kind of like the right idea in a sense like that you you, you want to. Um, I'm just like, yeah, no, that's not, I don't need yeah. you to apologize. Yeah. 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 And so besides that, I feel like she is really good about not blaming everybody in the situation or, mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, beating herself up or also like when she comes home, like she's just happy to see him, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing else besides that. And they're all, they're all just happy to see him. Yep. Yeah. What do you think the, was the worst parenting move besides leaving him at home? Oh. <laughs> leaving him at home and coming back. Easy. <laughs> um, gosh. I don't really have, I don't really have one. There wasn't, there wasn't one that jumped out to me. Do you have one? You think they're like pretty good parents? Yeah, I do. I think especially for the time, it, it feels it feels all right. I, I think I would have been a little bit more conscious about like safe foods, make sure everybody's got what they want to eat. That's what I was going to say. Oh my gosh. Like just order more cheese pizza. Yeah. I, I get, mean, we I get do you're not trying to... to have leftovers, but you still got a freezer, you know? Yeah. I feel like we, I'm saying we as a society do this to a fault now. Like you, if you go to a 
kid's birthday party and there's something beyond cheese and pepperoni you're in hog heaven you know oh my but, gosh well that was yesterday for us of course boo doesn't oh. like pizza but it was delicious oven <laughs> they brought the pizza oven that's what i'm know? talking about it was fantastic it was like some of the best pizza i've had in a long time um because <laughs> we've been it, going through the frozen leftover pizza from our halloween party that's all cheese and pepperoni for the last like month yes exactly <laughs> um but yeah, it was like a veggie pizza. Like it was like mushrooms and spinach. Like it was wonderful. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're pretty good parents. Um, besides, like walking away from the pizza guy too. I feel like most of their flaws are pizza related. Yeah, <laughs> it's been said before, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. It wasn't a hot take. Uh. I'm I, not. I'm gonna skip where are they now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the the only other thing I would say about bad parenting moments in this is like giving up on calling people. It does feel you could call at some point. You would like call the. I don't know. You'd call the school. You you know what I'm saying? Like there'd be there would be emergency numbers to call. It's a over straight, Christmas break. Even over Christmas break. No way. I mean, I guess it is. The whole thing is uh, obviously a big swing and everybody traveling for the holidays. Yeah. It's a very specific place. It's really messing me up what you said about this being like, it's a wonderful life in Poland. I I still am trying to wrap my head around that. Yeah. Um, I'll find the, I'll find the stat. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm going to skip where are they now? All right. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. You guys, you guys have the Internet Movie Database as well, and uh, we all know the Calkins are doing just great. So I think that we should rate. Oh my god! The this movie. Let's let's do it. Let's rate this movie. I'm going to go through my checklist here, my packing checklist, and make sure there's nothing else that we've missed. We <laughs> talked about the movie, the parents. <laughs> super obvious segment that we're missing that would be great (laughs) that would be great that's that's not that's not the case though i do wish that we do usually have that when we go on a trip we do usually have the the you're in the car and you're reassessing the trip checklist in your head waiting Mm to we are waiting to find that thing that was missed or forgotten Instead of just being like, we did a pretty good job getting out of there. <laughs> I know. And, you know, I always act like I'm traveling to the moon. Exactly. And I'm and I never am. Not yet. Yeah. I just like, yeah, I forgot vitamins on this last work trip. And it's like, okay, it's fine. There was a time very recently I didn't take vitamins. That's right. You can so, just not take the vitamins. Or I could or just buy them there. When we needed, we when everybody got sick, we went away for Thanksgiving we didn't really talk about this yet, but they we went to uh, the mountains and Wu got the flu and I forgot the humidifier. It was just, you know, it was, it was a real Kevin situation. We talked about the humidifier. There's a lot of movement in and out of the house. We just didn't have eyes on it. We just didn't have eyes on the humidifier. It was packed away in the closet and it's a brand new humidifier. But then we realized when we got there, we could buy a humidifier at a CVS or whatever, and it was 30 bucks, and that was fine. And now we have two small humidifiers, and that's fine. <laughs> right. It's pretty great, actually. Yeah, exactly. 
So, um, you know, maybe this, I think the lesson from this movie is that it's all for the best. Let's rate this sucker. All right. Okay. How many untouched macaroni and cheese dinners? Untouched, not a bite. You know, I feel it. And I had ever since the first time I saw it, obviously, it is a travesty. How many out of 12, of course? Am I rating this whole movie? 12. It's perfect. Look at this magnanimous spirit of Christmas. Josh dishing out a perfect score like he does it all the time. Absolutely. Um, what about you? What do you rate this movie? You know, it would have been different before rewatching it. Like if we had just if we had tried to just willy-nilly do this movie without watching it. Yeah. And just my my memory and my feelings about it, my score would be a lot different. But uh I'm going to say 12 out of 12. Mm. Because there, there's the the whole premise is so is so rickety in any other situation and like time period neighborhood every single thing about it and there's there are very few holes like there really are very very few holes they cover they cover so many of those. I mean, it's not it's not a short movie. I learned no. that, but it's not long. Hour forty five or something. It's not long. I mean, it's it's. I feel like it takes its time, and it's for a Christmas movie. Sometimes I'm not always into that, but this one I really appreciated all of it. I just appreciated all the the little things about it. You know. Yeah, the script supervisor on this movie should have gotten an award. I thought about it. I thought about it when he hides under the bed and there's yes, still popcorn. The popcorn. Yeah. That was it. That I was, was like, this movie's one. brilliant. Like I'm, I've always had a respect for the movie, but like, I feel like I've kind of distanced myself from it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, uh, it was really a enlightening viewing. I'm so glad John Candy in this movie. The whole cast is fucking stellar. Like John Hurd is awesome. Obviously, Catherine O'Hara is a legend. I mean, obviously, she's also like a supremely talented improviser. But all of John Candy's scenes are improvised. They have him for 23 hours or something to shoot his. I mean, it's only a handful of scenes, but the two of them together it's like oh of course because like you've been doing this together for like your whole lives but they're so good together and him doing his whole rap about like the funeral home <laughs> leaving his kid at a funeral home for a whole day is so good and i have to imagine there are reels of completely different yeah stories of what of how close he came what yeah, his worst parenting wonder... moment was in the movie or, wonder, or what or what stuff he said the other guys in the band right. <laughs> did as bad parents. I wonder like, if there's like a making of this movie. I, I would truly love to see it. It I mean, yeah, it's a, it is an out of control cast and like the fact that they got John Williams to score it makes no sense and it's I mean, it's <laughs> truly all the better for it. It it's what makes it yeah. magical. Well, the Catherine O'Hara thing, I was thinking about this a lot, actually, with 
when she's with John Candy is because like she is such an incredible comedian, but she plays the mom completely straight. Yeah. She's not funny in this movie. No, she doesn't like, she doesn't even get a smile out of you. Like she is she is trying to play it kind of like the overworked mom. She's yeah. or like the she yeah. It's 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 actually incredible that mm-hmm. she that she was able to like put that aside and not like steal the the spotlight of any all these other funny like the you know, every other person is getting laughs. And she here she is, this like comedy powerhouse, mm-hmm. and she is just I mean, even Lydia Dietz gets laughs. You know, like mm-hmm. she has these roles where like she's still funny, even if she's not the main source of the humor in the scene. But yes. this is like completely like you would never know. You would ne- if you watch this and you had never seen her in anything, you would never know that she, you know, Oh, that was could me. do best the, in show. You know, this would have been the first thing I saw her. In, you know that mm-hmm. I. You know she was like the mom from Home Alone. But then as I get older, it's like, oh wow, you were like had yeah. this whole comedy career huh. prior to that, and then after that, it's like that. This is really an outlier in and her. And she career. can sing. She's the voice of Sally in Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, Jesus Christ, it what can't wild. this woman do? Anyway, I would say that this movie is better than it has to be, but honestly, it is the high bar that all Christmas movies should aspire to because why not all movies? Let's no, I'm it. saying Christmas movies are very, very special like this. Like it's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a genre that you just can't fuck up. Like if you do I don't know, I feel I feel affronted when I watch a bad Christmas movie. I'm a little nervous about what spirited. Have you seen the trailer for this? Uh, I have seen the trailer for it. And it's like over two hours. Oh my God. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Okay. It's a musical. Apparently people seem to enjoy it. Yeah. People seem to enjoy it, which probably means I'll hate it. All right. Yep. How about the kids in home alone? How about home alone in Poland? Uh, it's <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, the title translates literally to Kevin alone at home. It's the biggest TV hit of the Christmas season. The population of around 40 million people, about 10% of the entire population, 4 million people watch it every year. Wow. Um, so why? I don't know. But this Poland has been invaded so many times that they relate. Wow. Um, <laughs> been ruled by their parents for so long. Um, but I think it's pretty cool. So let's rate these kids. All right. How many how many nude beaches in the wintertime do you give the kids of Home Alone? Oh, my God. Out of how many? Oh, boy. Seven beaches for seven seas. Um, okay. Um, it would be, it would be criminal to the point of impersonating a police officer (laughs) to not give Kevin McAllister, not to mention all the other wonderful children in this movie. Big Pete from Pete and Pete. (laughs) The girl from... Uh, the tennis show. 
what's it called when you're like a prodigy tennis kid is like a prodigy tennis star as a kid uh the ace master i don't know what is <laughs> phenom she wasn't she in that movie or that show phenom okay she could i mean a phenom that is a thing a phenomenon you could be a phenom i'm gonna look this up but uh the point is a tennis phenom buzz buzz's girlfriend slash boyfriend just they're all fuller fuller kieran culkin kieran culkin man and uh the kid you don't even know the neighbor kid the neighbor kid that was wonderful he's the best seven nude beaches in winter yeah for the kids it was called phenom okay um she's the one who says you're what the french would call les incompetents and she was in the show and I give all of those children seven out of seven nude beaches in the wintertime. Great. You? Obviously. I think I already said it. Seven out of seven. Boom. Why why fuck around? People. It doesn't it doesn't get any better than this. To Molly to Macaulay Culkin's eternal trauma, it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah. It's hard it's actually pretty hard to watch him because you're just like you were born to do this in a way that like is superhuman and yeah, to your, to your demise. I don't know. Like, it's just so sad. Um, He's still, he's still with us. He could still do great things. I mean, even, uh, is it Kieran who's in succession? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, I'm sure that that role is coming for Macaulay. If not, Maybe it's already happened and I missed it. I don't know. It's possible. He's got his band. Yeah, I mean, maybe you'll work with him, Josh. Yeah, maybe. Get him on the pod. Ooh, that'd be great. I bet he, I bet he loves Bev's. You could have him on T-Bash. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. It's very magnanimous of you. <laughs> I, I mean, he's looking pretty good. I'm just looking up pictures of him now he's yeah he's, he's i saw him outside fine. the troubadour once he looked great we probably had this exact same conversation after the good son so that's a great point oh boy <laughs> this is the second second time he's been on in the pod that's pretty incredible yeah th- that's but, rare that's, he's like our uh paul simon at this point yeah <laughs> no wait but the kid from children of the corn is oh, yeah. in adam's family so he okay so they're tied that's right. Okay. Okay. Fair. Um, equal roles. Equally weighted. Indeed. I wish I'd read more about the Polish Home Alone obsession. But boy, that would really require me to be a creep. And I don't want to be one. Oh, don't be a creep. Get in touch. You can email us at mummyxdeady at gmail.com. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Mummy X Daddy Pod. Visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdaddy.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is a lovely cheese pizza just for me. Bye. Bye.
Florida. Well, actually, first we're going into Missouri to pick up my grandma. Do you know the McAllisters are going to France? Do you know if it's cold there? Do these vans get good gas mileage? Gee, kid, I don't know. Hit the road. How fast does this thing go? Does it have automatic transmission? Does it have four-wheel drive? Look, I told you before, kid, don't bother me. Now beat it. Bye. 